0: My job as a coach is to understand why certain nutritional strategies matter and why each person is totally unique. I need to help my clients understand that consistency is better than doing something perfect for a short time. Okay. And I help my clients prioritize which strategies are most important now, and then teach them how to add more strategies as they're ready. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rayanne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance. Through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. everybody. Welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. It's Ann Mullins, your host. And you guys, thanks for stopping by today. If you're new here, I just want you to know that I hope you love this podcast and I hope that you'll keep coming back. And if you've been here a while, what's up? Thank you for being here. Um, I got to tell you that before I get started, really quick, I have a cat on my lap. <laughs> Right now. And every time I try to put him down or away, he comes right back. And so, you know, I just want you to know that occasionally he might say hello too, because he's a little talker. Anyway, that's Charlie the cat, if you hear him. So here we are this week. We um, are going to talk a little bit more about stress. Last week we talked about adaptive and maladaptive stress. So if you haven't listened to that, I definitely recommend you know checking it out. It's all about our mindset around stress because just like everything, our mindset really matters and it will determine how you feel in the end. So today, though, I want to just hone in a little bit more about the topic of stress, but we're gonna take it to um, a nutritional standpoint. So we're talking about nutritional stressors and how they relate to our overall well-being, but specifically to our healing, our recovery, and our rest. In other words, how our nutrition plays a direct role on our physical, emotional, and mental recovery. So as you probably know, if you've been here a while, I have Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism, and just some other, you know, kind of chronic things going on. And one of the biggest things I did for myself to heal my body and to reverse my Hashimoto's symptoms, which by the way, they, they will come and go. But I did a really great job on my own holistically, getting rid of my Hashimoto's symptoms. And so one of the big things that I did was really, really focus on recovery. And literally, I would remind myself that I needed to heal my body. And when you come from a background of being a super hard worker, like somebody that just goes, 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 pushes, pushes, is always trying to accomplish more, get the next goal, then you'll know it's actually hard to slow down and want to heal and recover. So I'm really trying hard in with my clients and in my message to really tell you how important it is to recover and to take care of yourself so that you have longevity. It's not about, you know, having the perfect body. It's about how long can we be here on this earth and function happily and in good quality life. So anyway, let me get back to it here. Some of the other, um, you know, benefits of recovery and rest are, I'm just going to list out a few things, emotional resilience, right? So being able to handle you know, just emotional stress and having a a nice emotional well-being, we need recovery and rest. So emotional resilience is a big, big benefit to rest and recovery. Physical regeneration, right? Clearly we need to rest to let our body regenerate. So specifically during rest time, this is actually when your workouts pay off. If you work out, and you never rest, your body's not getting the chance to actually get stronger and to grow and to get better. So you need the rest time so that you can actually regenerate your cells and become stronger and better and to prevent injuries. Um, Okay. So super important. Cognitive renewal. So rest and recovery is absolutely pivotal, pivotal for cognitive health. So periods of downtime will allow your brain to actually consolidate the learning and learn how to problem solve and organize your thoughts. So it's like hitting the mental reset button. So you definitely need to recover just to give your brain a break so that you can be smarter, okay? Enhanced productivity. So making sure you include rest and recovery into your life Is going to help you be more productive okay so rest days and recovery time acts as a catalyst for increased focus efficiency and just overall work quality so you definitely need to um, take some recovery time just to have a clear mental and physical state so that you can be productive and effective And I think, again, if you're here, you're somebody that wants to be effective. You want to be efficient. You want to get stuff done, right? You want to have a balance. You want to have happiness. But you also want to accomplish things. Okay. And then just overall holistic well-being. Okay. Rest and recovery is so important for your self-care. It provides time to prioritize your own well-being, separate yourself from just the daily demands of life. So it's really Really important. Overall, just incorporating rest and recovery into your routine, it's not a luxury. It's actually a necessity for achieving and maintaining a healthy, balanced life. Okay. It's a deliberate investment into your overall well being that pays dividends in physical, emotional, and cognitive resilience. So just do it. All right. It's okay if you love to work out, it's okay if you're a workaholic, it's okay if you love that. You know, like I love to be busy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like to go. However, there just needs to be a balance. Okay. So if you are a go-getter, remember, if you want to maintain that go getterness is that a word? Um, Then rest. Okay. So let me jump into the actual topic. Well, that is the topic, but I'm going to get to the specific point. We're going to go through seven different nutritional stressors that can be causing more harm than good for your health also for your recovery. Of course, we are all different and there is not a one size fits all, but just pay attention to these stressors and take note of the ones that sound like you. Okay. And then you can think about how you can adjust it. I'll give some simple ideas to help you. Okay. And if you feel like you're struggling in this area and really want to take a deeper look, then just contact me and let's set up a consultation to see if maybe I'm a good coach for you to help you in this, in this area. Or I do offer, I don't know if you guys know this, because I don't talk about a lot and I need to, but I do offer nutritional audits. This is basically where we take a detailed look at what you're currently doing and just see where you can improve. It's not necessarily a plan. It's more like, Hey, let's take an overall look at where you're at. And then I'll help you find the areas that you're maybe deficient in. And then at that point, you can either, you know, go from there on your own, if you have enough information, because you probably do. Um, or at that point, you could say, yeah, give me a plan. And then we could talk about that. So let me know. Um, there is a fee for that. But if you're interested and you just want to kind of hear more about that, you can email me at Mullins at gmail, or you can message me on Instagram or even Facebook, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. So anyway. So as I go through each of these nutritional stressors, I want you to like make, sh- make sure you understand why it's a stressor, okay? So I'll tell you what it is and why, and then we'll do a quick little review of what you can do, all right? So the first one is, and I say this one all the time, eating too little, okay? This isn't good because we need energy to live. Many people, you know, are eating less and less or too little, hoping That it will help them lose weight. But they may, in fact, be hurting their body, their recovery, and the results by eating less. Okay. We must have enough energy to live. Okay. That means that we all have a minimum number of calories that we need just to stay alive, like just to sit there right now. If you're sitting, if you're walking, then you need energy to do that. If you're driving, you need energy to do that. You need energy to work. You need energy to read a book. We need energy to cook. We need energy to sleep, right? So we all have a minimum number of calories that we need just to stay alive. And then we need calories on top of that to do our work. Like I was just saying, our exercise, cook, do chores, think. Okay, most people can get away with eating a little less. Okay, especially if you do need to lose some weight, that's fine. You do need to eat less, a little bit less if you need to lose weight, but most people can't continue to live on a lot less. Okay. And it's important to know that not getting enough calories might not just be eating too little, it might be that your body demands more calories. So maybe you're a marathon runner or work out really hard or take a certain medication and have a condition that requires more energy. Each person is unique and has different needs. And this, my friends, is why I don't love diets. I don't love like a general plan, you know, for everybody to follow calorie-wise, because each person is unique and has different needs. Okay, so the first nutritional stressor is eating too little. The second one is macronutrient deficiencies. okay this means that someone is not getting enough of one or more of the major macronutrients macronutrients or also known as macros are the big ones they're protein carbs and fat they each play an important role in your diet so people who are on like special diets may not be getting enough of one of those or more the first thing that comes to my mind of course is someone who's not eating carbs to lose weight quickly So this can be a stressor because carbs actually give us energy. They help grow our muscles and they heal our body during sleep, as well as give us energy in our brain to learn and think. So going too long without enough carbs can create stress in other areas of your health. It's very common to see someone on a low carb diet suffer from insomnia or just trouble sleeping. Okay. So, you know, for sleep specifically, um, which is a major part of recovery and good health. So I'm going to jump over to sleep for a second. We need protein for amino acids. And you've probably heard of tryptophan. Um, tryptophan is the the hormone that, or amino acid that people talk about having like on on Thanksgiving day. You know, people there was like this big news article a while back about how the reason people are so sleepy on Thanksgiving and take a nap after Thanksgiving dinner is because the tryptophan in the turkey. Well, guess what? It's in all proteins, especially animal proteins. So it's an amino acid called tryptophan, which when eaten will convert to serotonin, which is our feel-good or calm-down hormone, and then into it turns into melatonin, which is one of the main hormones promoting sleep. So a diet low in tryptophan is one of the main factors um, affecting sleep quality in many people. So if you're a vegetarian or just don't eat much protein, you may actually notice your sleep is not as high quality. Okay, so so when I'm talking about macronutrient deficiencies, you know, I mentioned carbs. Some people are going so low carb that they're just not having enough energy. They're feeling brain fog. They're just not feeling great. And then other people are not having enough protein, which might be affecting, well, well, lots of things like muscle growth, um, energy, but also their sleep. Okay, and as far as fat goes, as of now there're mixed studies about fat and sleep and recovery. Like some studies say that we need more and others say we need less. So this is a time where you just have to pay attention to how you respond personally. That's what I was talking about earlier. We're all different and unique. Like some people do amazing and feel wonderful on a higher fat diet and other people feel better on a lower fat diet. So this is just another under, another reason to understand like how you feel and how food and these nutrients make you feel. So that was the stressor, um, was a deficiency. So lack of, you know, one or two or most of the uh, macronutrients. And and just FYI, soon I'm gonna be doing a whole episode on the pros and cons of tracking your macros for weight loss and fitness goals, which is something I do. I love it. Um, Not everybody loves it and that's fine, but I'm gonna do a whole um, episode to tell you, you know, I'll let you decide. I'm going to tell you what I love about it and what I don't love about it, and then you can check it out if you want. All right. The third uh, stressor is micronutrient deficiency. So we just talked about macronutrients, okay, the protein, the carbs, the fat. Micronutrients um, are vitamins and minerals, okay? This happens to people who go on diets that significantly reduce or eliminate whole food groups. And people who eat a lot of highly processed convenience foods that are high in calories, but low in nutrients. So one thing I notice with people who are dieting or desperately looking to lose weight is they tend to skip foods like fruit, for example, because they're worried about the sugar or the calories, but they are also missing out on important vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals. So You know, I really like to help people when I work with them, look at their macronutrients first, but then I show them in those macronutrients, how to incorporate foods that also have micronutrients. And so can you see how a balanced diet, how it just keeps coming back to being like probably the best option, balance, balance, balance. I I know I say it all the time and I, I believe it like so wholeheartedly. Oh, wait, I just thought of something. Um, this morning I was, I went into the gym to teach my cycle class. And I, as I was walking into class, I look over and I'm like, Oh, there's my new client. And I'm working with a man on his nutrition at the gym. And so I, we literally gave him his plan one week ago and I looked up and I did a double take. so I was like, Whoa, he already, I could physically, like visibly already see a change in him. And one thing that we did with him is we changed his macronutrient breakdown. He was not eating enough protein. So that's what I mean. Like it was a stress on him. He was working hard on his workouts, wasn't getting enough protein. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, he was suffering from it because he was like seeking, you know, sugar to make up for that lack of energy that he was having. So I just want to throw that out there because that literally happened this morning and i was so so excited and he even said to me i can't believe like or i said can you believe that you're eating all this food and you're losing fat and you already feel like different and he was like no i can't believe it so folks i'm here to tell you believe it believe it believe it all right i'm moving on so another stressor i don't remember which number i'm on so that's fine is dehydration and electrolyte imbalances So we're between 60 to 80, depending on which research you read, percent of water. Like our body is between 60 to 80% of water. So we need water to keep our cells hydrated. Okay. Because you know, water helps create our saliva, okay, to eat food and to digest. It creates tears. To keep our eyes like fluid and not just crying but we need tears in our eyes to keep our you know eyes from crusting up and drying and falling out <laughs> okay that was weird but anyway i was thinking that um our blood needs water and just other fluids you know like urine and stuff like that so it's also super critical to have enough water to keep our joints healthy and limber all right so dehydration as you already know happens when we don't drink enough water for our personal needs okay and we also need a proper fluid and electrolyte balance for sending electrical signals throughout our nervous system to help our heart and our brain work properly so if you have ever um let's say it's a hot day you've worked out and and have you ever noticed like your heartbeat being like extra fast or like you just feel kind of anxious like in your chest and the heart? That very well could be an electrolyte imbalance because you're dehydrated, creating some um, strange signals to your heart. So that was not a very technical way of saying that, but it really can happen. So an electrolyte imbalance can happen from illness, you know, like diarrhea or vomiting. It can happen from a girl's night out, like drinking too much alcohol, maybe having too much, you know, salty food with your alcohol, exercising in heat is another way to have an electrolyte imbalance. Um, Consuming a lot of highly processed foods, okay? So too much sodium and and too little potassium can create a problem with your electrolytes. And just simply not drinking enough fluid, okay? All right, another stressor is, and by the way, hopefully you're seeing why these are stressors, right? If you have an electrolyte imbalance, it's gonna stress your heart, can stress your brain, it can be a serious problem in many ways. Another stressor, nutritional stressor, is consuming too many processed foods, right? Things like um, highly processed takeout or prepackaged foods such as candy, um, baked goods, um, sodas, chips, chicken nuggets, and other frozen dinners, things like that. And by the way, not all frozen dinners are bad. I got to say that um, some of these companies have really upped their game in the frozen food area. So, you know, take your time to look at it. If you just need a few frozen meals in the freezer for lunch at work, or maybe like on a fast night, you know, when you're coming in late at night for dinner, not totally opposed to that actually. Um, But just look because you want to pick the higher quality ones, just throwing that out there. And it's important to understand that you can occasionally have some frozen pizza or enjoy a candy bar. The problem occurs when most of your diet is made up of these types of foods just on a regular basis. This doesn't mean that you're doomed if you go on vacation for a week and have some junky foods most days. The big problem is that most of the world is now relying more on these processed foods too often. So fun fact that actually isn't very fun is that highly processed foods make up nearly 60% of calories consumed in the United States. I mean, I think that is so sad, but there are some reasons that this is happening, okay? And we don't need to get into a whole thing right now, but just to give you an idea is that, you know, there's some people who only have this available to them, you know, like think low income, low income areas where there isn't maybe a grocery store nearby, um, or maybe they don't have access to fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. So they do the best they can, but even people that do have that available are now, you know, consuming more of the highly processed foods than they really need. Okay. All right. Another stressor is Food intolerances or food allergies. So this can be like a full on food allergy as in an anaphylactic response and possible death, or it can mean an intolerance where your body is creating an immune response to a certain food, which is, you know, causing things like bloating, digestive discomfort, joint pain or other. And I know you've heard me talk about it, but this is what I personally experience with gluten and dairy and sometimes eggs if I eat too many those are my, my three main ones. So this creates a major stress on the immune system. So it's important to be aware of these allergies and intolerances, especially if you're not feeling your best or have been run down for a really long time. It's really worth exploring, you know, looking at the foods that you eat often and start making a note of when you don't feel good and see if it relates to any certain foods. And I will tell you that, you know, one of the things for me, is i i mean i know a long time ago i don't know how many years now but i you know did a food intolerance blood test and a bunch of foods came back and i did the whole elimination thing and long story short i wasn't taking the dairy part as serious and i was really experiencing for a long time like my knees and my wrist and my thumb, just like little things were just like really bothering me. It was getting to the point I couldn't do a push up. I was having a hard time holding weights because my thumb and my wrist were hurting so bad. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to be a little bit more serious about my food intolerances. And I really started being serious about taking out dairy. Like I was, I was, I was kind of sneaking in like butter, you know, like a, a little bit of butter on something. And I didn't think I noticed it, but. When I took out the butter and I went back and took out the eggs, my wrist has been awesome. So just saying, there might be something that you don't realize is a food intolerance that actually is a food intolerance. intolerance. All right. Another stressor is orthorexia and cognitive dietary restriction. So you're like, what? was what that? What is that? So what our mind believes our body follows. That's just kind of something to keep in mind with everything, but orthorexia is a disorder of an unhealthy fixation on eating a perfect diet. And it's usually one that's like deemed as clean or healthy, good or bad, and has a rigid set of rules. So I got to tell you, I mean, I've personally experienced this and definitely see it among peers of my peers that are other health coaches, nutrition coaches, and trainers. I think fitness trainers, tend to get a little bit more, but we all kind of worry that we won't be good examples or role models. So it's kind of hard when you're in this role as, as a coach trainer, you know, this world, it's a lot of pressure, just being honest, because you don't want to, you know, not practice what you preach. And so sometimes that actually, creates more of a fixation and more of a worry and more of a stress, just thinking about it all the time. And I've had to really, there's been a few times I had to actually go get help because I, it was really becoming a problem and I really just didn't want it to be a problem. I wanted to truly practice what I preach with balance and, you know, living and it's sometimes hard. And I have to remind myself often, um, that I do believe in balance and that that's how I want to live. So if you ever are just overly fixated on having a perfect diet and constantly making rules for yourself, that's called orthorexia. And that's actually an area that um, I highly recommend therapy for because it can, can really lead to a lot of problems. But another area um, the other one I said is called cognitive dietary restriction Okay. Cognitive is thinking about it. Dietary restriction. So this is when someone is worried about food all the time and very focused on eating less and less, but they may not actually be eating less. Okay. So this is super common with people who are chronic dieters. They're so worried about eating less that they're actually thinking about eating so much that they end up overeating on occasions. Right? So it's kind of like, This is one thing that I talk about a lot is like, if you're under eating Monday through Thursday, then Friday through Sunday, you're going to be more likely to overeat because you're physically not getting enough those other days, but you're also mentally exhausted from it. And this is what creates that dieting cycle that I absolutely hate. (laughs) So that is called cognitive dietary restriction. Check yourself. Okay. Look out for orthorexia and cognitive dietary restriction. OK, finally, one last nutritional stressor is eating too quickly and or mindlessly. So I bet that you are guilty of this, right? At least at some point in your life, we all are. This is when maybe we eat on the run. OK, we eat our food too fast and we're busy. We eat our food while watching TV or, you know, at lunch at work, doing your work. or studying or whatever the thing is. It's when you eat and don't really notice what you're eating. Okay. This can make us have gut issues like, you know, eating too fast can lead to heartburn or indigestion, bloating, gas, but it also leads us to eating more because we don't really even notice that we have eaten. And this can be a stressor because we will not feel good physically, but also feel deprived mentally of food and maybe overeat later. Okay. So that's one of the problems. Um, with like eating on the go and fast food and, you know, not paying attention to your food. I'm a huge fan of turning off the TV, turning off your phone, turning off your computer and just sit down and eat your meal. And it's actually great for emotion, uh, social relationships as well, because it will, for example, have you ever been to a restaurant and you look around and you'll see a whole family sitting at dinner together and every single one is looking at their phone where, I mean, where's the connection, right? So I think so many people are getting away from connecting with their family and their friends because we're too busy staring at our phone while we eat or just staring at our phone. So it's not just about the phone though. It's like, if you are eating while you're doing something, how are you actually paying attention to what you're eating? And will your food actually make you feel satisfied and full, or will you feel like you need more? And so I find with me that, you know, if I do that, if I'm like just sitting here, sometimes I do get bored and i and I admit to you guys that I don't always do this right. I mean, there's days that I'm like at home and I want to, you know, skim through Facebook while I'm eating lunch by myself. But on those days, when I'm really honest with myself on those days, I will finish my food and then be like, Oh, I want something sweet to eat now. Or I'm going to have another serving or I'm going to now let go peek in the pantry and see if there's some like snack in there. But on the days that I just sit down and pay attention to the food that I'm eating, I don't really want seconds. I don't really want a treat after. So there's really something to be said about mindful eating and slowing down. All right? So I hope that you understand how and why these things are stressors on your body and how they can affect, you know, how you feel, how you perform, how you sleep and just how you recover overall. And so when it comes to recovery and rest and filling your best, which I think you want to know how to do, because that's why you're here. It's important to just keep it super simple. K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. So you'll want to focus on all of the things I talk about all the time. Number one, eating protein. Eat protein to repair and rebuild your tissues. And remember, protein has other benefits too, as in reduced cravings, reduced hunger, more satiety with meals and plus more, okay? The second thing is use carbohydrates for energy. Don't be scared of carbs, please. Just use them wisely. And I'm saying use instead of eat because I think so many people are terrified to eat carbs these days that if it's like use them strategically for energy, use them before a workout or after a workout, incorporate like a small portion. If if you haven't been eating carbs, just start with a small portion. And just see how you feel okay um third is choose healthy fats okay over processed junky fats okay Um, we need them for energy and to help regulate our inflammation really important and then use micronutrients for keeping your cells energized and able to repair damage so that means eat lots of colorful foods and if needed consider supplements you know a lot of people need supplements for like vitamin D, maybe some B vitamins. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sitting here telling you which ones to take. That's, that's for you to determine with your doctor. But, you know, if you're not getting enough colorful, fresh um, foods, I mean, fruits and vegetables, then you might need to supplement. Or if you're just really deficient on a micronutrient, you might need to supplement until you get um, it back up. Okay. And then have lots and lots of water. Okay, water is gonna help regulate our temperature, keep us hydrated, keep our joints um, lubricated, keep our blood flowing. Super important, drink lots of water. And then finally, spend time focusing on what you're eating. Okay, be mindful, slow down, enjoy your food, and notice how much better it's gonna work for you. Okay, so I just wanna throw in here real quick, I don't really talk a ton about what I do. Um, But I just want to say, you know, my job as a coach is to understand why certain nutritional strategies matter, okay? And why each person is totally unique. I need to help my clients understand that consistency is better than doing something perfect for a short time, okay? And I help my clients prioritize which strategies are most important now and then teach them how to add more strategies or, you know, little tips as they're ready, So I always make a note of which nutritional stressors are most prevalent in my client's life. And we try to start there. Okay. So that's a big part of what I do. Also as a nutrition coach, I need to recognize that, like I said, each person is different. They have different goals, different needs, and different responses to foods and to exercise and to recovery. So I try to approach each person as a completely new like fresh slate, new subject every single time because they are. Sometimes though, I do offer group programs that are general, but I can help each person who participates in the group programs to understand how to apply the general information to their own unique situation. And I'm saying that because hint, hint, there might be a group program coming soon. So if you're interested in learning more about working with me or with a nutrition coach, please don't hesitate. Just contact me and see if I can help you or if I can't help you, then, you know, I have lots of buddies in this world of nutrition and fitness. So I can maybe refer you to somebody that's a better fit. And as always, y'all, I am so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for considering leaving a rating and a written review on Apple podcast. I promise you every couple of weeks um, I will do a drawing for the people who have left a review so that you can win a 30 minute free coaching session with me, which I think um, is fun. I like it. I hope that you guys would like it too. So just let me know if you need help with how it, how to do a review, but it's really easy. You can also go on Podbean, which is where I host my podcast. Um, and leave a comment there, or even on Spotify, wherever you listen, you can find places to comment um, or rate. So you guys, I hope that you'll keep in mind what we discussed today. These nutritional stressors think about where you fall. There's probably one or two areas that maybe you could do better in and think about it and see, you know, what you can do. And I will then catch you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.